Today's episode of Tales of the Voidfarer is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to tell them Tales of the Voidfarer sent you. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. I do have the power to make all of this go away. I'm gonna need you to kill Captain Valeria Rain. If you have any information you can give, now is the time. This stone connects me to somebody in the Zenith Syndicate. I give it to her. Thank you for telling me. Walking the plank even work? You would eventually drift slowly out to the end of the gravity plane and then drift out into the cold grasp of space. So Uh, it's like a prolonged thing. If the next person you get is Merrick or Ravnus or Marco, I'll do it. The brig door is unlocked. I'm coming to you guys from my very janky mobile setup here because uh, I'm in that weird transition process between living with my parents and living at my own house. My computer and my desk and everything are at the house, uh, but I don't have internet yet. So here I am on my work laptop with my microphone uh, on a makeshift corner of a countertop that is serving as a desk right now. So we're going to make do. What what do you even do with a computer without internet? How does that work? Like, does it function? <laughs> I didn't know that they existed. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I thought the computer would just explode if I powered it up without internet. Yeah. Thankfully, I was brave enough to try, and I was pleasantly surprised that it still functions as a moderately useful piece of technology. Oh, like a doorstop or like another useful <laughs> sort of exactly. No, new... exactly, exactly a doorstop. Cool. Um, That's awesome. Oh, it, it is in fact a clock. Um, I'm still working on figuring out how to how to mount it to my wall, though. Oh, so. because you have Windows. That makes sense. Yeah. Project Derailed's IT department <laughs> loves us. <laughs> did we just will an IT department into Project Derailed? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. Project Derailed IT. Yeah, it's canon. Um, yeah. See, Nick was really just... Nick was really just excited to live closer to me, which is why he's suffering through no internet. That's <laughs> Yeah. Cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, do we want to find an imposter? I sure. Do. Yeah. So, Marco and Ravnus, you are in the crew quarters, accompanied by Scriff, Merrick, Orella, and Roxana. Am I forgetting anybody? Ezerath. Ezerath. And Ezerath. You forgot my girlfriend. <laughs> I forgot your girlfriend. 
We're not girlfriends. We're not girlfriends. Totally are. (laughs) So, yeah. And you had just discovered a mysterious communication device amongst Lillian's effects. So, what do you do? Um, Like, after finding the tablet, um, kind of look over to the group writ large and then specifically to Ravnus and say, we should, um probably go where we cannot be um, overheard by anyone who might not be who they're pretending to be. Let's go. Then lead everyone outside and say once everyone's outside it's like alright so we have a doppelganger on the ship potentially killing people and framing Luckbeak so what do we do? Ravnus is going to say well we've got everyone isolated so I think our next step is to find wherever Lillian or whoever this is is hiding is what about Val and um Cillin who is who is Cillin uh Cillan is the oh Cillan uh, <laughs> like yeah. wait so, yeah Cillan is me. the he's the he's the helm's mage and he is almost always like sitting on the helm okay then Ravnus is probably going to say um maybe we can keep one or two people with them, but I think that we should keep most of the crew separated. If we yeah, have that, anyone with them, it should be to guard them. That's the idea, as I was concerned that they're still vulnerable to be, uh, well, I, I don't know what the operative term would be, doppelganged? In, in, <laughs> <laughs> uh, impersonated, that's a word, that's a word! <laughs> Scri- Scriv cocks his head and goes... <laughs> is doppelganged the scientific term? I am not familiar with this. No, just sometimes <laughs> brains don't work right. Chris. Fascinating. <laughs> um, ro- <laughs> Mark's, Marco just puts his like, yeah, just face palms and is just looking so tired right now. <laughs> I was unaware that organic organisms could glitch. <laughs> You, you learn something new every day. <laughs> uh, Roxana is going to say, I think it is safe to say that the reason that Val had myself and Dorella here accompany you is now moot. If you'd like, perhaps we can go guard Salon to assure that since he is flying the ship, he is not accosted by this doppelganger. I think that makes sense. Um... Arella will nod and go, then we shall do it. Yes, good idea. I got to thin out this party, man. I can't keep track of all these NPCs. <laughs> Who made all these NPCs? <laughs> That's fair. I was. Who put them? And my own mind was just thinking, like, all right, we got to offload them at some point for guard duty. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll, they'll nod and uh, head off towards the helm room. <laughs> Look right. down to uh, see Merrick still tied up. <laughs> yeah, Merrick is still tied up. Uh, that's fine. Um, uh, so Ravnus will say, um, what about Luckbeak? I think it's pretty clear he's unlikely to have done this. That's true. I'm just worried that he might be, um, well, if this person can in- in, um, impersonate him, how do we know that the Luckbeak that we're about to talk to down in the hold is actually Luckbeak? That's true. Well, um... Nick, may I make an Arcana check on Detect Thoughts? Uh, yeah. 
What are you looking for? What are you trying to figure out if you know? So the idea is, um, excuse me. Um, the idea is, is that the tech thought says like you get like surface level kind of thing. So I was thinking that in order to get information on Luckbeak, um, this doppelganger would have to have been pinging Luckbeak consistently. So maybe there's something that we could possibly use, um, to kind of like say, all right, this is Luckbeak. Yeah. Yeah, make an arcana check. Um, and this is basically like seeing like what do you know about the the minutia of how a doppelganger's mind reading powers work? Correct. All right, so that is going to be a twenty one. Twenty one? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know that the doppelgangers have this power. You you've actually encountered it firsthand back at the. Um, brothel at Jenny's top sale back on Nadir Anchorage, um, the madam of which is a doppelganger. They have the ability to read surface level thoughts and it just happens. Like you can't actually like steal your mind against it in any way. If you're in the proximity of a doppelganger, they can comb through your surface level thoughts. And if allowed to remain within proximity and they concentrate, um, they can pry deeper. Okay. Hmm. Um, Probably not the most viable strategy. So um, I will ask to Ravnus and the rest of the party. So how can we be sure that the luck beak that we're potentially going to get is in fact the luck beak? Merrick is actually going to speak up and go, hey, hey, wait. So when I was talking to luck beak just earlier, he said that the thing impersonated me but called him Luckbeak. And that's, that's not actually his name. What is his name? Merrick suddenly realizes that he's now outed Luckbeak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then goes, okay, he's going to be upset if, if I told you, but in the interest of hoping to find the doppelganger, his name is actually Flapwing. But it seems that the doppelganger doesn't know that. Okay, so... If we call him Flapwing, then that could potentially clue us in that he's the real Luckbeak. Yeah, or like maybe some way to use that as a test. Okay, now we're on to something. Um, thanks, Merrick. Excellent work. I'm, I'm glad I could be helpful. Can you untie me, please? <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to look at Ravnus with kind of the look of like, come on, he's adorable. <laughs> um, Ravnus does not look too happy about this new information. Um, but she will sigh heavily and go, fine. And uh, she will untie Merrick, but keep the rope sort of close at hand in case she needs to tie him up again. You did hear when Merrick first like reunited with Luckbeak, he did shout Flapwing. Yeah. But you had like no context for that. And now you know that, yeah, that's that's Yeah, name. that does track. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't that frustrating? <laughs> right, so um, what's the plan so if that's the case why don't we go and get Luckbeak or Flapwing I'm, uh, he's probably gonna want he's probably gonna want you to just keep using Luckbeak because I don't know who else knows honestly if, if we can if we could reunite with him without him finding out that I told you then that's probably better but I guess we could do what we gotta do Merrick I'm no we're gonna promises. parse all of this later in terms of what this means. But for just now, just, just keep calling him Luckbeak until he tells you otherwise. Don't. Th yeah. 
let's go get Luckbeak, reunite, and then we can go <laughs> hunting for whoever this person is. Doppelganger. Oh, for the love. I, I want to go to bed. Let's find this thing. <laughs> <laughs> let's find this thing before we get doppelganged. <laughs> doppelganged. That might be the name of this episode. Doppelganged. <laughs> Doppelganged. <laughs> Listeners, you know better than we do. <laughs> so now our even, strangely without Roxana and Arella, our even weirder group of Marco, Ravnus, Merrick, Scriven, Ezerath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make their yeah. way down. And now no to... one's tied up, so, you know, progress. Right. <laughs> yeah. Luckbeak, you are standing in front of an unlocked door. Man, I mean, I already look pretty guilty. <laughs> um, I like push it open, and then like hey. it hits the wall and swings back towards me, and I go, "Uh oh, somebody left this." <laughs> I'm gonna come out, like try to tell somebody that the door is broke. But I'm doing this because... Who am I talking to? Uh, I walk out of the cell. Okay. Where are you going? Um, oh, let me refer to the Voidfarer deck chart. Um, okay. Uh, I walk up the stairs uh, on my way to Val's cabin. Okay. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a plan. Uh, I think that Luckbeak, just as Saker is, is thinking about it as he's walking. Like he's okay. definitely got his hand on his gun, but he doesn't know what he's going to do when he gets there. Okay, I like that. Um, one second, let me pull up the map of the Void Fair because I have that. That exists. Go ahead and pull up Val's stat block. What? <laughs> uh. That many hit. Oh, man, that oh, many hit points. Quad digits. Wow, amazing. <laughs> Words best of luck, buddy. <laughs> um, I guess here's the question. Do you go right up the steps that are, like, immediately outside the brig, the, the closest stairs? Yeah, the ones by the commissary. Yeah. Yeah. Do you just take those all the way to the top? I and mean, then... yeah. Am, am I going to run into anybody on the way? Uh, actually, the the other group are going up the other set of stairs. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you do run into somebody though. Okay, you come out of the brig and you go up the set of stairs from the like right there by the commissary, and that takes you up to the armory, and then you turn turn around and go up the set of steps that'll take you up onto the main deck. And as you're going up those steps, there's a figure coming down. Okay. And it is Val. <sighs> okay. Oh. And her eyes get wide in surprise as she sees you outside of the brig. <laughs> How did you get out? Door was unlocked. <laughs> she, she nods and she goes, that makes sense. So I know you're innocent. Yeah. 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 I am. She holds up the, the sending stone. Your friend tried to send you another message. Well, well, what'd he say? Some taunting nonsense about if you've decided to comply, which is a good enough reason for me to believe you haven't, 
And she kind of puts the stone back in her pocket. Well, wait, 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 that that's all. I mean, if if I mean if if I've decided to comply, then what? He didn't elaborate, and I didn't answer. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna say, well, what's uh, what's the next step here? I was about to ask you the same thing. Well, I ain't the captain. You're gonna have to tell me exactly everything that's going on here, and then we're gonna have to work together to get to the bottom of it. All right. I the the suzerain they they want me to Val, I don't know what they're gonna do if if I don't go through with this. They're gonna kill more people. They're just gonna keep killing people until I do what they want me to do. So there's another agent of the suzerain aboard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, sorry. You just... It's a it's a shapeshifter. I, I I don't know why I assumed you knew that. It's a shapeshifter. Fucking great. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not great, especially not for like, you know, a murder mystery. Nobody could figure out who it is if it could be anybody. It's just kind of like random, I suppose, at that point. But so uh, <laughs> yeah. So so it's a shapeshifter. I, I don't. I don't know what else to tell you. It has been Ellsworth, American Odyssey. Could have been Lanny, too. I saw her. Everybody says she was on top deck, but I know I saw her below deck. Uh, so if I were you, I would maybe get those four together at the very least. See if we could find doubles, any of them. But I don't know how many people it could be. It could be anybody. All right. Um, so then where were you headed now? I was headed up to you to tell you that. Make a deception check. Okay. <laughs> oh, this this deception check might influence the course of the game. Well, no, it won't. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah. She goes. All right. Well, good thing I was coming to talk to you anyway about this. Yeah. She says, gesturing to the stone. Um. But if you don't mind, um, would you mind? She gestures below. Accompany me down below just real fast i need to see something yeah 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 uh, lead the way uh, actually i'd prefer if you went first uh as i'm walking down in front of her i'm gonna say uh hey val um it's a weird question but what kind of what kind of leader are you i i mean like are you like the no man left behind sort of leader or are you like the you know no matter the cost, you know, utilitarian sort of, the good of all outweighs the good of the one. I don't think anyone has ever described me as utilitarian. I care for my crew, and if I can save one, then I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think he's been kind of, you know, touching his pistol this whole time, and at this point he takes his hand off of it uh, and says, uh, all right, yeah, let me, uh, I'll lead you down there. She follows you down and directs you back to the brig. Uh, and when she goes through the door and sees the brig is in fact empty and the door open, you see her visibly take her hand off of her cutlass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. I think, uh, I mean, do I notice that? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I absolutely like chuckle. Um <laughs> Well, and then I look at her and I say, uh, hey, Val, uh, how do I know it ain't you now that I think of it? That is a good question. Um, hmm. She furrows her brow and thinks, uh, 
I, can I can I cast detect thoughts? Yeah, you can. Cool. I'm gonna cast that. Sure. Um, does she get to save her? I think it just happened. Uh, detect thoughts. Yep. You focus your mind on any creature you see within 30 feet of you. You learn the surface thoughts of the creature. Yeah. So while she's trying to think of a way to verify her identity, she's thinking about like kind of questions that she can, you know, pose to you that verifies your identity. Then her knowledge of that will also verify her. And you see her thinking about the name of the ship that you guys first met on, which is the Stoic Gondolier, a hammer ship. And she does, in fact, know that information. She's getting ready to like actually ask you what was the name. Stoic Gondolier. Uh, I say out loud, and then I say, all right, you know what? I think we could trust each other. You know, doppelgangers can do that, too. They can what? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I'm... (laughs) She she says, I'm fairly certain it's not you now at this point. All right, all right, good, good. Honestly, after all of this effort to frame you, the last person I think they'd be impersonating is you. Yeah. Yeah, that would be weird, wouldn't it? All right, all right. Well, let's let's uh let's go. Let's find the rest of the uh of the I don't know safe crew. And uh, actually, at that point, um, the group gets down to the brig, and you guys see Val and Luckbeak standing outside the brig. Uh, Luckbeak obviously free. Hey, y'all! What's going on here? Well, me and Val just hanging out. <laughs> so, um, Ravnus is looking between the two of them and. Is starting to hit the rope again. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marco might have like the like hand and then try to slowly lower the rope just a bit. <laughs> Merrick will kind of like peek out from behind the group and go, she's jumping at the opportunity to use that rope. He says like <laughs> still rubbing his, his wrists. <laughs> okay. Um, at this point, I think it's pretty safe to say we're dealing with a doppelganger. How do we all tell who all's who? Wait, are we sure none of these folks is doppelgangers too? We've been with them the whole time. It would be exceptionally difficult to replace them considering what we've been doing. Uh, well... But the exception of... Looks down to Merrick. Marco pulls up the rope. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's it's not... It's not... It's not me. (laughs) Okay, the DM said so. It's fine. Oh. You know, considering they can read thoughts, I guess. I mean, there ain't literally no way to prove your identity and, and to prove that you're you. Uh, I don't know. Unless we do something right now and they don't have time to read that deep or they didn't before. All right, here we go. Ready? Uh, what are them cake toppers called? Drage. Those little round cake balls. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. You ask somebody the secret word, if they say Drage, immediately, no thinking about it, that's good. They're safe. Okay. We might want to pick a simpler word, because I'm going to have to think about that word really hard What you don't, you don't to be able to say, you say it. You ain't always thinking about cake? Okay, so that's just me. Um, I'm, more of a, I'm more of a pie person. Cool. But then you also don't want it, like, right up at the top of your, top of your thoughts. Ah, oh, fart. All right, hold up. <laughs> this is real hard. <laughs> I don't know. Anybody else got a better suggestion? Merrick is going to say, uh, didn't, wasn't there something with its clothes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been way easier. What about the clothes? Yeah, it's it's wearing like a uh, uh, kind of a generic sailing outfit. Um, well, you know, 
Luckbeak that it it is wearing a shift weave tunic. You you saw it in action, and you know yeah. that it is almost oh. it's identical to like what you wear. So it does have a handful of outfits, but you know it's pre-programmable and only has five. Right, and I know the one that's being used the most is is that one, right? Kind of the generic one. Yeah, it's like a generic like white cotton shirt with brown trousers. And then you saw when the doppelganger was impersonating Elmsworth, it has kind of like a more of like a captainy's outfit that looks sort of similar to Val's and sort of similar to Elmsworth, but not exactly like either, where it's like a long brown coat over, sure. you know, simple sailor's clothes with like higher boots and stuff. So it's like you can you can probably get the idea that the shift of tunic has like kind of generic clothes that are like approximations of what like most people are going to wear, but right. it, uh, it only has those five to work with. I say, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mer- Merrick's got a good point here. Um, all right, everybody memorized everybody else's wardrobe on on the Void Fair, right? Like the entirety of it. Everybody knows what's so, in everybody's closet. What's may I make an Arcana check <laughs> uh, just to glean the information of the shift weave tunic? Uh, so you already, you know about it because like Luckbeak has one and you've seen it used is that it is a magical piece of clothing that has five different outfits pre-programmed into it. And the user can switch between any of the pre-programmed outfits at will. Okay. And you know, as a magical item, it'll automatically fit the proportions of the wearer. With that knowledge, I'm going to say... So, it has a shift weave tunic, which means our personal effects could be what signifies us, what's something that the shift weave tunic can't replicate. And I'll show my, like, intricate box. Like, if they're going to try to impersonate me, they're going to have to steal this box from me. And pulling out various other knickknacks and trinkets that I have on me, being like, Cinder Shard, my arcane focus, components, oh. Tashi. <laughs> a small silver top. <laughs> yeah yeah so specific stuff yeah so what's something that we have on us that cannot be replicated that can show who we are yeah boy but i mean and i i hate to do this but like what if somebody knocks out val and steals one of her things and then you know what i'm saying i mean you're right but things is things there's you know st- stealing and and you know taking and you know but, but I mean, I pull out my quill, and I'm like, I, I guess if 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 we all trust that I didn't, you know, that nobody ain't gonna steal this from me. At this point, it's probably the best that we've got going forward. Yeah, or my drage thing, which was perfectly nice. <laughs> we can use that still now. <laughs> all right. You are right. That's still a smart one. It's just trying to establish that we all are still who we say yeah, we yeah. are. Fair, fair. All right. Merrick is like fishing through his pockets looking like looking for something that could possibly be used. <laughs> um Brownness is looking at Val to see what she comes up with. Now I got to think of shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not just Get for fucked. us, but <laughs> We've been here the whole time. We know it's not one of us. <laughs> Val reaches into her collar and pulls out a uh chain and on the end of that chain is a key with like a rather ornate end to it. And you actually have seen her use this before. This is the key that locks the cupboard in her quarters where she keeps the bottle that she uses to sometimes get messages from her dad. That's pretty convincing, I feel like. Uh, I write down the word 
uh, PP on a piece of paper and give it to Merrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he takes it and goes, I don't get it. Yeah, well, neither will the doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were telling me you had to pee. And I was just going to say, go. <laughs> I love when I hear an off, off screen Tom laugh. That makes me the most happy. <laughs> I'm going to fucking yeet Merrick over <laughs> <laughs> I say, uh, Merrick, Merrick, keep that. That's your thing now. Ain't, ain't nobody going to. In fact, even if they read your mind, they might be too ashamed to carry around a piece of paper that says pee pee on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. And he folds it up and sticks it in his sock. I can write Jesus. down one for everybody if we want, if that's going to. Or, or Nick could just win. Spe- uh, you know, spin the wheel and not do one for all six people here. Ezerath will hold up a pendant that she has that is a magic item. You don't know what it does, but you've seen her wear it before. And then Scriv will just uh, like... Yeah, Scriv has all the notes of like what yeah. we've been talking about. So I feel like Scriv's would be hard to replicate. <laughs> just perfect meaning. Scriv, Scriv holds up his quill, but then realizes it's attached to his hand. And he goes, can doppelgangers... Imitate the physiology of forged? I was about to ask that. I don't... <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I don't know either. Can I make a check on that? Yeah. Because Tanner's curious. That's a 24. 24? It's a, that's a tough question. Um, you're not <laughs> sure. The forged are such kind of like a new thing that like you don't know if there's any like documented cases. And but you knowing what you know about doppelgangers, you imagine that they could probably like approximate the like exterior physiology. However, little things like like Scriv's like attached retractable quill that comes out of his hand probably is going to be on the capabilities of the the doppelganger. The doppelganger is still like a flesh and blood creature that is changing its physiology, and it wouldn't be able to like imitate a warforge to the core. It would be able to like approximate the exterior visual of one um so long as it didn't didn't need to be like closely examined you think theoretically okay so theoretically scriv is probably the safest on the ship because the need to tri- to like change into scriv would require so much moving mechanics that it's not kind of worth the not even that it would just be like it'd be more complicated like you're pretty sure like a doppelganger could imitate a turtle including its shell and then the doppelganger would have to like use a similar process to like imitate the plates of a warforged but the interior of it will still be like the flesh and blood mm. doppelganger okay. it'd be basically creating like an armor and mask for itself to approximate the appearance of a warforged <laughs> if we if we like pushed the shell would it feel like flesh or would it feel like a shell? It would feel hard. Okay. Well, you don't, I mean, you don't know. This is all Marco yeah, just kind uh, yeah, of like just, theorizing. You just, in my own mind. You had me so in the yeah. zone, Nick, that I was just like thinking, which is rare for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I, that's honestly something I hadn't even thought of. <laughs> with the component thoughts there, uh, I think Marco is going to then say, after everyone shows their items, so. If that's the case, we all are who we say we are. So now we have to hunt down a doppelganger. Most, I think everyone with the exception of three are currently locked in the mess hall or the crew quarters. Val will nod and Val will say, so do we know how this doppelganger got aboard? Did they stow away? Well, I think that 
they either were Lillian Everly or they did away with Lillian Everly and took their place on the ship. So you've narrowed it down to Lillian as the doppelganger. Yes, we actually, I would pull out the, uh, the incriminating evidence and hand it over and say, we found this in a hidden compartment in Lillian's effects. She looks at it. it down. She looks at the tablet and she goes, huh. Well, I guess my mother did warn me that the suzerain would be putting a spy on board. He, she hands the, the tablet back to him. Huh? You we were there for that. Mm, never mind. I retract my yeah. huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were there for that. That was the very awkward. I mean, it may have jumped out of your mind, overshadowed by the incredibly awkward exchange between Val and her mom. Mm. But the whole purpose of uh, her mom trying to get a hold of Val was to warn her that she had received information right. that the suzerain was putting plants on like ships in the system. Got it. Okay. Um, Ravnus is also going to say um, we should check on Bado too. He's the only one that's off on his own right now that we know of. You're right. Let's. Uh, I guess that would be our next step. Val says Bado should have been confined to his quarters. Huh? Yes, but he is still alone. I guess that's true. Should probably at least check on him. Okay. All right, so yeah, we'll uh, start heading back up to Bideau. Yeah, you head up to Bideau's quarters. Does somebody knock on the door? Yes. Is it Luckby? It is. <laughs> the door opens, and Bideau answers it and goes, Yes? Oh, what's he doing out? <laughs> <laughs> hey. I didn't know. He sees like everybody standing around and he sees Val standing there and he's like cowering against the back of his room and, and he, he's pointing at Luckbeak and he's just shouting at Val. You let known murderers walk about on your ship? <laughs> <laughs> and Val just kind of like, Bado, it is, let us explain. It wasn't Luckbeak. I, I saw him do it. I'll just say <laughs> it was a doppelganger. What if that's what he wants you to think? Oh, for the love of fucking God. Ra love of fucking is just gonna, <laughs> Ravnus is just going to let him yell himself out. Talk himself oh. out. Just get it out of his system. The little guy. <laughs> um, you, you guys, you guys just, you guys. What are you, uh, what's he wearing? <laughs> no, he, he tires himself out and he's just kind of sitting there and he goes, puts his hands to either side. Okay, if you're going to murder me, just do it. <laughs> We're not here to murder you. <laughs> Uh, I am going to ask, what is he wearing? Uh, he's wearing the same thing you saw him saunter up onto the deck wearing. It looks like he, he likes wearing his fanciest clothes, complete with his breastplate, even when he's isolated in his cabin. Okay. Um, Antonin, we're going to take you somewhere safe, somewhere with others that's not going to kill you. I swear, if you're going to try and ransom me back to the pragmatic order of thoughts, I'm the one with all the money. Good for you. I'm a seeker. I don't have a lot of money. It's fine. We're, we're all good. I like how we established that, like, seekers are like the teachers of this universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're living on grad school stipends. Yeah, perfect role yeah. for Tanner. <laughs> it's too real, man. It's, it's way too real. <laughs> I got more uh, money as Marco than I do as myself. Oh, boy. <laughs> Um, okay, so where do you take Bado? Um, I would probably, we'd probably take him down to the crew quarters just so we could have all the people confined. Okay. Yeah. And then get to searching the ship. Sure. 
You get back to the crew quarters and uh, Badeau looks around and wrinkles his nose like, you're going to make me exist in this space for any extended amount of time. All without saying it. But he'll sit down and uh, kind of sit there awkwardly. And you guys notice that sitting amongst everybody that are in here, uh, there's a game of Spacer's Gambit happening. Just on the floor with the participants sitting cross-legged around. And you see that there is Meryl and Melinda and Vyrith and Lillian are sitting there playing Spacer's Gambit. Rope time. <laughs> Ravnus is going to try to tackle and tie up Lillian. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Look up. Hey, wait a sec. Bam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you you lunge forward. Uh, I'm sorry, Nick. As as do we see her like prepping to do that? Ravnus? Yeah. I don't think she was being subtle about it. Can, yeah, she's just going for then it. Then I'm casting Detect Thoughts on Lillian to get her thought at the moment that Ravnus fucking hits her. I want to know if it's what the hell or oh shit. Ooh. I think I'm too surprised to, uh... Yeah. <laughs> to react. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think it does. Um... So, Ravnus, you lunge forward. Go ahead and make a athletics or acrobatics check. Okay. I'm going to do athletics because I'm a little bit better at that. Um, that's a 17. 17? Mm-hmm. You jump forward and Lillian jumps backwards, like almost unnaturally fast. Like she knew what you were going to do before you did it. And you land in the middle of the Spacer's Gambit game and Melinda goes, hey, I was winning. And Lillian rolls backwards and says, what's going on? Um, and Vyrath is growling and standing and like going to confront you, Ravnus. Like, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And uh, Luckbeak, when you read her mind, you got the impression of, I'm going to grab my rope and I'm going to jump on her and tie her up. Which does not match what she was doing. It instead matches what Ravnus was doing got it. in that instance. Okay, got it. Okay. Mm, okay. Okie dokie. Uh, I mean, I'll just... I'll yell to Ravnus like... Uh, that's... That's the one. All right, she's gonna she's gonna try it again. She's gonna now try you have Vyrith, the like six and a half foot tall dragonborn lady in front of you, going, "What is the big idea here?" Um, uh, Ravenous is going to say she's not who you think she is. In that instant that you're responding to Vyrith, Lillian is diving over a group of people and running out the door. Ah, Vyrith. I need everybody to roll for initiative. Uh, oh, man. God damn it. Byrith <laughs> is on my shit list. I'm I got a, I got a plan I'm God, so we'll see if this works.
Hey everyone, Nick Urasiva here, your Dungeon Master and 158 Pop Funkos in a trench coat. Thanks for listening to the penultimate episode of Chapter 5. This one has been a blast to run. If you're enjoying listening as much as we are enjoying playing, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you've considered supporting us over on the Project Derailed Patreon. Get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and at the $7 tier, a whole extra podcast where we just sit around and bullshit about whatever. Usually sodas, Scooby-Doo, and tabletop role-playing games. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thanks for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to pitch in. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already. At Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Tweet us all of your ship pairings and be sure to also tag at Fiona LF Kelly too, because she's going to want to know. Come hang out with us over on the Project Derailed Community Discord. We are always over there discussing tabletop RPGs, sharing memes, playing games, and discussing whatever other niche interests our members happen to have. It's very eclectic. Head to projectderailed.com slash discord to join. Fables Around the Table Super is now in full swing and features the return of our very own Fiona L.F. Kelly in the Game Master seat running Masks, A New Generation. Join a squad of aspiring fledgling heroes played by an all-star cast from Fables Past, including Kitty McClendon from Tainted Love, Dan Walker from Curse and Tainted Love, Cliff from Firelight, and Chelsea Rexinger from all of them, and also myself. Stick around for a trailer at the end of the episode and catch new episodes the second and fourth Wednesday of the month, which, due to a quirk of the calendar, is the same week as Voidfarer this month. So, new episodes tomorrow, at the time of this release. Theme song by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com, and the Among Us Body Found sound effect is obviously by Among Us and Inner Sloth, LLC. Lastly, I wanted to talk to you about DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. As things hopefully begin to return to normal and you begin playing RPGs in person again with your fellow vaccinated friends, you'll need to start hauling all of your RPG books again, and there is no better way to do that than with a DB bag. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in the show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. The finale of Tales of the Voidfarer Chapter 5 lands on Tuesday, September 21st. See you then. Ugh, Virith. Classic Virith. <laughs> Classic character we all know and love, Virith. <laughs> oh, Virith, you, you reco- precocious scam. Little rapscallion. <laughs> Virithed uh, it up again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have like a, like, what's the, like, sitcom music cue?
<laughs> What's the theme song to That's Virith starts playing? <laughs> I would watch that. And Ravna sure did not give you guys a thing that she, uh, that would prove it was her. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. Did, did Ravnus intentionally not? I, I had something in mind, and then we just sort of moved on. So I don't know that oh. she... Yeah. Man, <laughs> the thought that Ravnus was ready to believe Luckbeak, even though you had no idea what I was talking about, is very heartwarming to me. Aww. Aww. All right. So everyone partaking in the chase, did anybody get higher than a 20? Nope. Nope. I got, I got a 20. Uh, 15 to 20? 15. 18. Oh, no. right. Val Ugh. got a 16. Scriv got an 11. Merrick got a 14. I can't wait for the, like, somehow we end up, like, Luckbeak is there with his gun on the top of the deck, like, not sure which Ravnus to shoot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, Lillian is was first, but she was already out the door, and she's just booking it. And you actually lose sight of her almost immediately. But Luckbeak, it's your turn. I mean, I, I kind of look around the room and realize that I'm kind of the first to react for some reason and then just start booking it after her. Okay, um, so you do get out of the room in a single movement, and you can see her going up the steps across the cargo hold. Uh, so I am going to double move here. Okay. So you get, you get like, to the first set of staircases, but you're still, like, 30 feet away from her as she's going up the stairs by the commissary. And then I'm going to take my action surge. Oh, shit. Uh, and I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm going to pull out my gun, uh, and I am going to do a bullying shot. Okay. Uh, bullying shot is uh, basically I am shooting my gun uh, like at somewhere very loud. So I'm shooting it into like an echoey, like a vent or something, you know, something where it's really going to make a noise. Uh, because uh, what I do is I expend my grit point in order to gain advantage to intimidate her. So I'm going to yell, uh, stop running and uh, use my bullying shot. Okay. Cool. Holy shit. So I'm rolling with advantage. I rolled a one and a 20. Ooh. Oh, shit. Very weird. So uh, all in all, that's a 24 with my intimidation bonus. Um, all right. So the, what I'll do is I will rule that she will not be able to use an action to dash next turn. So like you cause her to hesitate. Sure. So you fire your shot and there is actually like one of the like, uh, like crew signaling bells right there by the stairwell and your shot goes right up inside the bell and ricochets causing the bell to resonate incredibly loudly right next to her head um, followed by your shout to stop running um, and she flinches really hard and looks back at you and that just buys you just an instant perfect so now it is Marco's turn okay well um, first step, getting as far as I can while I can still take an action. Um, so sprint out the room. Um, how far would I get? Uh, so it's like 10 feet to the door, and then 20 feet puts you about where Luckbeak is. Okay. Um, 
What is behind uh, Lillian? Uh, she's going up the staircase that is right next to the commissary, which is like, you know, Yuri's old shop <laughs> where where Silkfeather Adeli is currently set up. How far um, away is like the front where I can block off a staircase? Like I can block off the spot before, behind them. Oh, oh, like to keep her from from going up the stairs? Yes. Uh, she's already like halfway up the stairs now. Like 40 feet would be like just on the other side of her. Okay, so just on the other side, um, this is going to be a 20-foot square. I am going to extend my hand. Um, my eyes will probably go black for a second. And I will cast black tentacles behind them. Um, oh, just no. A squirming ebony tentacles fill a 20-foot square on the ground that you can see within range. For the duration, these tentacles turn the ground into the area into difficult terrain. Um, when a creature enters the affected area for the first time um, on a turn and starts its turn there, the creature must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 3d6 bludgeoning damage and become restrained until the spell ends. And of course, you can have chances to get out of that restraint later. But... Yeah, I'm going to cast it behind and try to, like, cover up that entire escape path. Sounds good. You do it. Uh, she she stops to, like, uh, Luckbeak, uh, Luckbeak calling out to her. And then when she turns to run again, she just sees these black tentacles just appear out of nowhere, coating the stairs and the, the armory uh, at the top of the stairs. Uh, and she just curses under her breath. Okay. That is it for my turn. Okay, it is Ezerath's turn. Ezerath is going to bolt out of the crew quarters. And instead of cutting across the cargo hold to the stairs that she's going, Ezerath is going to head up the near staircase in an attempt to, like, cut her off. But Ezerath goes up the stairs and is out of sight. So, like, the bottom set of stairs that are closest to the crew quarters instead of crossing cargo to the other side. I feel like I, resident, I would probably have just tried to say, like, stay to gather. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just be sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Val is going to double move to get out to where Luckbeak is. She has her sword in hand. She gets a little bit further past Luckbeak, but... But that's as far as she gets. Uh, so then, Ravnus. So to double clarify, the the uh, big mean tentacles are behind, like uh, behind um, Lillian blocking the escape route. Correct. And she's not in them. Correct. Okay. Ravnus is going to go try to run out and grapple her again if she can, or at okay. least get as close as possible. All right. Uh, so from the crew quarters, you get up to where Luckbeak and Marco are. To get to her, you'd have to double move. Okay. She is going to action surge to take an additional action and double move and try to grapple her. Okay. Look at me knowing what I can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I expect all the praise. Um, okay. <laughs> so do I need to roll um, athletics to try to grapple her? Yep. Okay. That's like, okay, um, 14 and 7 is 21. 21. She's going to roll with acrobatics. She gets a 20. Ooh. You got Get her. fucked. All right. 
Um, I don't think she can start with the rope yet, but if she can, she does. But if not, she just no, you can't. You just you just have her for now. You it would be an action to tie her up. Right. Okay. Merrick is going to run out, and he uses a double move to get right to behind where Luckbeak is, and he goes, "Now what? (laughs) Do something." (laughs) (laughs) I I just. I, she's way over there. I have this. And he holds up a club. <laughs> Th- throw it? <laughs> I get it. Well, oh, Merrick is a rogue. You can use a bonus action to dash. Uh, that still doesn't get him all the way there. <laughs> so he goes, ah, okay. And then just runs like 25 more feet and then turns back and looks at you. <laughs> That's all he can do. That's all his I actions. I give him a thumbs up. <laughs> he gives you a thumbs up back. <laughs> Uh, it is Scriv's turn. Um, all right, let me see. At least inspire us. Yeah, he could do that. <laughs> just, just be a cheerleader at this point. I, I want to hear. Find something better. But... I want to hear what his version of cutting words sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so he is going to use his action to move up to like behind Luckbeak, and he's going to reach out and touch Luckbeak and cast heroism. Oh, interesting. What is you are immune to being frightened and you gain temporary hit point. Uh, you gain four temporary hit wow. points. Wow. Okay. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. So Lillian is grappled. She is going to use her action to attempt to escape the grapple. That was very poor. <laughs> do I have to like roll to oppose it or? You do have to roll to oppose it. Okay. Natural 20. Wow. She's not going fucking anywhere. So, Thank you, uh, Max. <laughs> nice. So she's struggling and you actually see her features kind of distort slightly as she's straining against your muscles. Muscles. Yeah. <laughs> And she uh, relaxes and just goes, shit. Uh, but that's it. That's all she can do. Nice. Um, so uh, it is now Luckbeak's turn. Um, you see Ravnus is grappling her and she's struggling to get out of her. Uh, okay. If I uh, fire at Lillian, am I going to hit Ravnus? Is there a chance? There would be a chance. Okay. They're basically in the same square. Right. Well, then, I will not be doing that. Instead, I will cast Animal Friendship on Lillian. No, I won't do that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's my go-to when I'm out of ideas. (laughs) It'll work someday. (laughs) Uh, Okay, uh, I'm going to... Am I within 25 feet of Lillian? Uh, no, um, you are, you are like 40 feet from Lillian, but you do have movement. Okay. Uh, so I will, um, I will just move to Lillian then, um, and point my gun at her again this time, uh, and just say, stop struggling. Uh, I'm double moving, so I don't actually have an action, but... I want to, you know, just intimidate her. Uh, She glares and her face relaxes and uh, she goes, this is why I wanted out of this fucking contract. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's that's all that's all she does though. It's actually Marco's turn. Um Marco is going to just walk up um and kind of be on guard in case uh, Lillian escapes cuz I got to keep the tentacles up. Okay. So yeah, mine is I'm just going to get closer and just make sure that if uh Lillian breaks free then I'm ready to do something. So. Okay. Uh Val is going to move up to Ravnus uh and kind of hold her sword threateningly. Ravnus, you're you're holding you're holding her. Gently. Um yeah, holding her very gently. Um I'm going to try to start to tie her up. Okay. You do so as your action. Yeah. How, like, are you just tying her up, like, around her arms, like, holding her arms through her sides? Yeah, and also the, probably, the like, Scooby-Doo villain tie-up? Yeah, <laughs> and, like, her arms to her sides and stuff, but also, like, her ankles together so she can't, like, you can do You can away. do one, one of those things first. I'm going to prior, prioritize arms then. Okay. So kind of pinning her arms down. Yeah. Yeah, you do that. Merrick finally gets to her and then looks dejected as the problem has been taken care of. He doesn't get to hit anything. <laughs> and Scriv will stand by just waiting to see if something is going to happen. Pen at the ready. <laughs> and Lillian will kind of look towards you guys and go, I don't suppose you're just going to let me leave and we can forget this ever happened. No. Hell no. You tried to frame me. And you killed Vanilla and Ormond. I was ordered to and bound by contract for all of that. I want it out of it. Are we supposed to feel pity for you right now? You made a bad contract. Like, all right, cool. Now you got to pay the price. You don't seem particularly remorseful. I was assigned this job. And she turns to Luckbeak and says, I tried to warn you. Just do what he wanted and I wouldn't have to kill anyone else. I didn't want to. Yeah, what you wanted was for me to kill Val. Val raises her eyebrows. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, uh... About that. <laughs> uh, we'll, t- we'll talk about this later. Yes, we will. <laughs> Lillian will sigh. I wouldn't expect you all to understand. And then there's a flash from a pendant that you didn't notice under her clothes. And she vanishes from the ropes. And you see her appear 30 feet away on the other staircase across from the one she was standing on. And she rips a necklace that you can see there's like a quartz crystal in it that is now burned out and cracked. And she rips that off and throws it to the ground and darts up those staircases. And we're going to continue with initiative. That's where Ezerath went, right? Ezerath, uh, not that set of stairs. There's four sets of stairs that go up from that deck. Um, Ezerath is already up there somewhere, though. Okay. Presumably cutting her off. But it is now Luckbeak's turn. Uh, Is she within eyeline of me? No, she is now out of line of sight. She's darted up to the deck above. Um, I I yell at Marco as I rush towards the tentacles. Take him down. Um, can, can I? I I held an action. I mean, uh, it's uh, tentacles are concentration, right? Yeah. You can drop concentration at any time. Oh yeah, then John. Cool. Then I just follow tentacles. Yeah, tentacles. If, go if I'm ever at any point following parallel to her, I'm uh, going to shoot. Like, if, if I can see her as I'm... Okay. Um, did you move up closer to her when she yep, was tied I up? Yep, I went right up to her and held my gun up to her. Got it. That's right. i just trying to remember everybody's placement with our imaginary minis in our in our brain spaces. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe all of my miniatures that I have IRL will get you someday. <laughs> <laughs>
we can actually play D&D in person for once. Hey, maybe we'll do it in October. Yeah, Con on the Cob. If you're listening to this and you're in the Northeast <laughs> Ohio, you should come see us at Con on the Cob. Things to be announced sometime, maybe. <laughs> maybe by the time this episode came out. Maybe we're being coy about something you already know about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Plugged. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can get up the steps. And as you get to the top of the, the stairs above the commissary, you see her darting across the main battery. And you do have line of sight on her after just one movement. Up. Perfect. Uh, okay. Then I take my bonus action to aim. And uh, okay. I take a shot. Okay. You have advantage. Just a normal yeah, shot? just a normal shot. Okay. Uh, rolling with advantage. Lucky hey. shooting to kill. I know. Uh, that's a 24. 24 will hit. Cool. Um, pistol, 1d10 piercing. I got a 10. Hey. hey. Nice. Let's go. Wow. You hit her in the shoulder, and there's a spurt of blood, and she goes, ah, and stumbles. And actually, you see the, the blood gush out and run down her back, but you see the shift weave tunic heal itself. Okay. You don't necessarily think the wound healed itself, but the magic cloak, the magic clothes she's wearing did. <laughs> Got it. So now it is Marco's turn. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, take my 30 feet, just move up to Luckbeak. Um, looking around, um, can I kind of like make a check or something to see where uh, she might be going? Um. Like, in my own mind, the only thing I'm thinking of is there's no way that she can go anywhere other than the deck to maybe find, like, a ship or something. So, she's going up. Yeah. If she's trying to escape, you're right, there's not anywhere she can go. But your ship does have a little ship on it, but it's below you. Yeah, it's in the deck. Um, hmm. I'm gonna make a roll for myself. <laughs> I mean, it could be, like, an insight or just, like, straight intelligence. Okay. I'll make an insight check just to see. Yeah. I mean, like, because that, that would be to, like, gauge her, like, body language. Well, I doubt I'm seeing shit, but I'll see here. Uh, Yeah, that's a nine. A nine? Um, I mean, she's fleeing and she's going up. Yeah. Um, The only escape route you know of is below. Okay, so knowing this information, um, I think that Marco instead of just trying to chase to this location, he's going to try to be proactive and he's going to keep going up thinking there's no way that she's going to be going down to get to the ship. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. So you continue going up. Yeah. I continue going up. Like I ran around, I see Luckbeak take a shot and then be like, she's going to still keep going up. So I go up. Okay. So do you go up the same steps that she went up or do you go up one of the other steps? Cause I don't think you, you didn't walk up to her before. Did you? Um, I took my 30 feet to get towards her, but so you're kind of now standing in the middle of the deck. So you're just as close to any of these four staircases as you want. So you can go up the one that had the black tentacles on it or the one she went up or double back to go up one of the other ones towards the after the ship. I will just continue to go in her direction. Okay. Um, yeah. And then just go from there. Sure. So you're kind of following Luckbeak then. Yeah. So you, you get your one movement and that gets you to like kind of like a couple steps up. And you see Luckbeak at the top of the steps facing the other direction and firing his gun. Yeah. And then I'll I'll dash. Okay. That puts you up to the top uh, next to Luckbeak and you can see her running towards the aft of the ship across the main battery across where she presumably killed Ormond. Um, and she's now bleeding from her shoulder. Okay. 
Uh, that'll be my turn. Okay. Um, so now you see uh, Ezerath come out from around the corner on the other side of the main battery and cut off Lillian and like run up to her and punch and hit. I do love that we've tricked Ezerath into helping us. <laughs> we just made her stay around us long enough that she started helping. <laughs> the sooner this gets over with, the sooner she can go back to her bullshit. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So she does hit twice. And Marco and Luckbeak see like uh, kind of like crackling purple psionic energy on her fists. Not dissimilar from the psionic energy that is along Ravnus's blade when she swings. And uh, just pop, pop dope monk shit. So now Ezerath is now interposed in front of where Lillian is running. All right. Val is going to run up the steps and she gets up to where Luckbeak is and moves a little bit further past him, but can't quite get to where Lillian is, but she still has her sword out. It's almost at this point, she's just more like kind of menacingly just stalking <laughs> instead of like chasing. Especially as now that it seems that uh, Lillian can't get anywhere. Ravnus. Uh, double move to try to get as close as possible. Yep. With the double move. Yeah, you can get to her. Okay. So she's bleeding and has Ezerath on one side and Ravnus on the other. Nice. It's a Gith sandwich. Nice. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right. So Ravnus is at least like blocking her if she tries to like, you know. Skedaddle, um, yeah. the other way. Uh, that's all she can do right now, so. Yep, sounds good. Uh, Merrick is going to run on his little halfling legs, and he double moves to get to just where Luckbeak is, and he's, like, huffing and puffing, holding his club, <laughs> and looks to see how much further Lillian is from him and just kind of sighs. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Merrick. And then Scriv will kind of almost leisurely bringing up the rare. He seems to be holding back to provide healing if if any is needed. Okay. Lillian is going to... Okay. Lillian almost drops straight to the ground. So, like, Ravnus, you're suddenly, like, staring at Azerath. And she kind of like drops to the ground in like a crouch, um, but seems almost smaller than she normally would be. And then kicks off and shoots herself between Ezerath's legs, doing a somersault on the other side. And Ezerath is going to attempt to take an attack of opportunity to hit her and block her, but misses. And uh, Ravnus, you can take an attack of opportunity if you like. Okay. Um, Ravnus doesn't really have anything in her hands. So how do I do an unarmed strike? Uh, actually, you can't you can't make an attack of opportunity without a weapon, unless you're a monk. Oh, so then she can't because I think she's just holding her uh, holding rope. her holding the rope. Okay, so yeah, so she can't do anything. Okay, unless the rope uh, is a weapon, in which case she does. But I don't think you're gonna let me do that. If you, do you want to swing the rope at her? <laughs> just bludgeon her with a coil of rope. <laughs> I mean, if you'll let me, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could totally do that. Uh, right. You do have disadvantage. This is an improvised weapon. Okay. Lasso or Let me get another D20. You're just bludgeoning her with the heavy hemp oh, <laughs> of a okay. coil of rope. So, I, so it's my strength, but no proficiency bonus, correct? Correct. Okay, so it's a 15. That does hit. Okay. 
and um, it's one one d four plus your strength. Okay. Oh, that's a one. One plus uh, my strength is sorry. That is a sixteen because I have an eighteen strength. Um, but that will be a five total. Five damage. That's not nothing with a coil of rope. No. <laughs> that was I'm... half the. That was half of what Luckbeak did with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raptor's just. Like, just, just panic, ugh. like striking with the rope. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, rope does weigh a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fifty feet of rope, so she is, she's really yeah. smacking her with it. Yeah. So yeah, she grunts, but it's not enough to stop her from like doing her like weird flexible like somersault through Ezerath's legs, and then she books it straight down the hallway and into Brohane's shop, and the okay. door shuts behind her. All right. Then Luckbeak. Um, well, uh, I'm going to continue to run. Jesus, did the door like just shut as my turn is starting? Yeah. Is it a wooden door? Yeah. I'm going to shoot into the door, uh, where I think she is. Um, I don't suppose aim would help me here, would it? I'm not aiming at anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt. Like, you can approximate where she is on yeah. the other side of the door. Right, especially if it just closed, I guess. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, are you moving forward at all? No, I don't think so. Um, so, you are basically shooting the length of the main battery. Also, interestingly, you're standing amongst a bunch of powder kegs because you're oh, in Jesus. the armory. Okay, never mind. Nick, <laughs> I am moving forward a little bit. Yeah. You realize after you made your first <laughs> shot, you look yeah. around and you're in the magazine around a bunch of powder kegs. <laughs> I will examine my mortality later and move out for now. So, yeah, you can move out to the middle of the main battery. Uh, I've seen Brohane in the last, like, ten, like there's no chance he's in his workshop, is there? Uh, you have not seen Brohane in a uh, while, but but your friends, but I don't think it was communicated. Your friends just saw him in the crew quarters. Well, I know that she's right on the other side, so I'll take that shot at the door. Okay. Uh, am I firing with regular or with advantage? Would I normally have disadvantage? You would have disadvantage normally. Uh, so aiming will negate the disadvantage. Cool. Okay, rolling. That's an 18. An 18? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so in that case, yeah, you're pretty sure your shot is like dead on, but I'm going to roll to see how well your shot penetrates the door. Gotcha. Okay, go ahead and roll damage. Okay. I got a four. A four. Um, okay. Okay. The, do, there's a hole in the door. Do I hear a <laughs> yell or anything? Not from this distance. Okay. Okay. It is Marco's turn. Okay. Um, Nick, whenever we looked into Brohane's office, I remember the doors for Era. Did those happen to go down? Like, was there like some things that went down? So there's the sli- they're like sliding barn doors on either side of Brohane's workshop that open to space to the sides of the ship. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, she's headed to that ship through the gravity plane. Okay, with that idea, I'm going to dash down the stairs towards that ship. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, so that would be the next one. As I run up, look, and now I run back down. Okay. 60 feet, full dash, try to get to the hold with uh, the Blackfin, isn't it? Yes, the Blackfin. Yeah, the Blackfin. Yeah, you could get to the baffle hatch that goes to the lower deck. Mm. And then with the last of your movement, you can, uh, well, let's, uh, are you going to crawl through the baffle hatch? Or are you going to dive through the baffle hatch? As a reminder, this is the hatch where the gravity switches directions. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, child. Uh, uh, in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's dive. Okay, make an acrobatics check. That's what I thought. And this is why I don't make dexterity-based checks. Yeah, that's an eight. An eight? Uh, so you, you dive into this five-foot square hatch, and you're immediately reminded of your first time crossing a gravity plane on the Deer Anchorage on your way to the Voidfarer for the very first time. And you go through... And your stomach immediately lurches as your trajectory does take you through the hatch and then the gravity switches and then you arc out of the hatch to the other side, but you land on your head (laughs) and you are going to take four points of bludgeoning damage and you feel a bruise beginning to form a lump on your skull, (laughs) but you're now on the lower deck in the lower cargo and you see the, um, the Remora ship. Now, above you, nestled into its dock that is carved into the, the bottom hull of the ship. Okay, with the rest of my time, I am going to just take a take a small break and wait for my next <laughs> turn. Yeah, it, you use all of your movement and your action to move anyway. So like, Oh, exactly. Just, yeah, you are prone down there. All right, just yeah, give, me, give me two seconds. <laughs> After all uh, that, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ezerath is going to curse and turn and run towards the door. She can't quite get to it with only one move. Uh, So she's going to move to the door, but she doesn't have an action to open it. Val's also going to curse, and she sees Marco go down below, and she's going to turn and follow Marco. But she's further away, so she doesn't even get to the baffle hatch yet. Uh, Ravnus. So, did I make up that Luckbeak at some point saw evidence that someone had, like, climbed on the outside of the ship or something? That was correct. Okay. Did he ever share that with- That was going to be my next question. I don't know that I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ravnus doesn't know about that. Um, Yeah. Now, she still is pretty smart. So, we have- Marco and Val going below. We have Ezerath going into Brohane's workshop. Uh, Ezerath is at the door to Brohane's workshop, but she didn't have the like actions to open the door yet. Okay. She was able to double move to get there. Okay, and that would presumably also be what Ravnus would be facing. Uh, yeah. Unless okay. like you want to do something like drastic, like barrel into the door, like shoulder it as part of your move, which Ravnus would be more equipped to do than Ezerath. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. What are Luckbeak and Merrick doing? Luckbeak just shot through the door, so he's like in the hallway there. Okay. Uh, Merrick is out of breath struggling. To- okay. All right. So, <laughs> Merrick, okay. Just give up. Just give up, bud. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He watched Marco and Val run back the other way and like now is looking in both directions and like yeah. confused is where he should okay. go. <laughs> so if we do have two people going down, uh, Ravnus is going to try to barrel through the door. Okay. So that we can at least have eyes on uh, on... Um, Lillian. Go ahead and make an athletics check. Ooh, that's not very good. Um, that is a 13. Yeah, so you shoulder the door and it splinters but doesn't open. So like the the corners of it, it it splinters at the hinges slightly and you feel pain shoot down your arm and across (laughs) your shoulder. (laughs) That feels probably not great. Um. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you you take a point of bludgeoning damage. Okay, that's fair enough. Now she's at 69. Nice. 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 <laughs> uh, Merrick is going to continue following Luckbeak. 
He's actually gonna catch up with Luckbeak and go. Uh, where do you Where do you think she's going, Merrick? I don't know. <laughs> what? Well, I don't either. Well, uh, do follow Marco. <laughs> After he's taken the time yep. to run up to yeah, Luckbeak, exactly. he looks back and he sighs really heavily. <laughs> And then he starts running back and he doesn't even get back to the stairs in his the rest of his movement. He gets there and looks back over his shoulder and glares at Luckbeak. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you mind if I actually ask a question to Saker real quick? Yeah. Why did Luckbeak keep this guy around? Was it because like it's like the bear situation where if we're both running, <laughs> yeah, you know, the bear will get him first? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Merrick is like really good muscle and he's really good at distractions. He's not good at chasing. <laughs> yeah, this is not his strength. They're no. friends. That's why they kept him around. Strength is his strength, <laughs> but he still is a halfling with short legs. Like... God, I, lo- I love Merrick. Let it be known I love Merrick, <laughs> but I feel so bad for him right now. <laughs> I like him a lot. Uh, <laughs> Scriv will continue trailing behind Luckbeak since he kind of figures that Ezerath and Ravnus are the ones that are going to be in combat the most, then he should be near them for healing purposes. So Ravnus has only taken damage from the door, right? Yep. Yeah, so <laughs> Scriv, Scriv <laughs> considers healing, but then decides to wait. <laughs> yeah, that would be a waste. <laughs> Gonna stand here oh. as he recites a poem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Luckbeak. You are standing in the middle of the gun deck um, and you see Ezerath and Ravnus at the door to Brohane's shop, but it doesn't look like they've gotten the door open yet. Uh, so I'm going to uh, follow them. Is is the problem just that they're at it, but they can't open it? Or is that it's locked or something? Does it seem like they're struggling? Uh, well, Ravnus tried to shoulder the door open and it didn't budge. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Take that for what you will. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to, is it just like a, a regular ass door knob? Yeah, like a latch door. Oh, man. I'm gonna, it pushes into the room. I'm going to say, hey, everybody, stand back. I read this in one of my romance novels. Uh, and I'm going to shoot the lock. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It would take forever for me to do my thieves tools on it. So this seems quicker. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, you can. I imagine you just stick the gun next to it and shoot. Yeah, basically. Um, go ahead. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay. I want a three. Okay. Um, there's a loud bang, and it immediately shrouds yourself, Ezerath, and Ravnus in smoke. There's the sound of a ricochet and a thump as the bullet embeds itself in the ground, uh-huh. and the latch handle and lock are now displaced and dented and mingled from the shot. Okay. So it seems broken now. You can try the door if you'd like. Yes. Oh, if I still have shit to do, I'll kick the door in feeling like a big action hero. Yeah. It it gives ever so slightly, but hits something heavy on the other side. Oh, come on now. You're actually not even certain the lock was locked to begin with. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Perfect. It just seems like there is something barricading the door. Got you. Marco, you are laying on the ground staring up at the... Bottom hall of the Blackfin. Um, I'm going to stand up, take a second, look around. Um, do I happen to see our doppelganger friend? You don't. You can't see into the ship. You know that there's a ladder that accesses like a bottom hatch. And then there's like a large cargo bay towards the back end of the ship. So cargo can be hoisted up into it. 
from there, the the cargo bays are closed, but it looks like the crew access, the the ladder is is not and is still there. Okay, I'm gonna go into the ship through the crew hatch. Okay, so you use half your movement to stand, and then the rest of your movement to climb up the ladder, and uh, just enough to poke your head into the crew deck of the Blackfin, and you do not see anybody down here. Okay, um, I will expend the rest of my movement just to get inside and get to the cockpit. Yeah, it'll get you just inside the crew deck, but not up to the helm. That's fine. Just, you know, definitively getting into the ship. Yep. All right. That's it for me. Okay. Ezerath is going to attempt to push against the door. She's going to say, don't just stand there. Help me. To both Luckbeak and Ravnus. I will on my turn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she begins trying to push the door open against the barricade. Val is going to, uh, let's see, Val's path, um, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, yeah, yeah, she can, she can catch up with you, Marco. Yeah, so the cargo door actually opens, and Val hoists herself up on a rope to enter through that way. Um, is she down here yet? Um, and she says out of breath. I think Marco will just say in response, um, as he holds up like the item that they talked about earlier, show me the pendant. She'll sigh and walk over, reaching into her shirt. And then she stabs you. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Should have done the the cake thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... It was just like our, our uh, little bra- bar brawl later, so we uh, we got to do this. Okay. <laughs> that is going to be a 25 to hit. <laughs> My AC's 11. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. I, I just wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, then... Nick is going to replay that later to help him fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, with her surprise attack, um, she deals 25 piercing damage to you. Wow. Well, that wasn't pleasant. And then she pulls out the dagger and stabs you again. Oh, Oh, no. Because she has two attacks. Is this going to be it for you, Marco? Yeah, see you later, guys. Wow. <laughs> so that's a 21. Yeah, that's going to hit. <laughs> Stop it, Nick. <laughs> she doesn't have the surprise attack this time, but she does still deal eight more. Okay. Nicholas. Uh, so now's the bad time to tell you, because I got that teaching job, um, I'm out of here. So uh, yeah, best of luck, guys. <laughs> Are you unconscious? <laughs> no, I'm still up. Okay. <laughs> I got I got 12 left. Okay, okay. <laughs> So that's happening. <laughs> Ravness. Mm-hmm. She's <laughs> not knowing what's happening. Um, no. <laughs> she <laughs> she's going to help uh, Ezerath open the door. Uh, go ahead and make an athletics check. Ooh, advantage. Spicy. Yep, Ezerath is preemptively helping you. Yeah. That's where the advantage comes from. Um, 17 plus 7 is 25 yeah or no 24 yeah math is hard regardless luckbeak you're getting ready to help and then like they just make progress as soon as ravenous 
joins and you hear a wood on wood scraping and push the door open and you can see that she toppled over a shelf in that was standing next to the door in front of and there's a bunch of like brohane's tools and spare parts and and everything scattered across the floor and uh the mechanical spider era kind of like perks up and looks almost like if you could read an emotion on a mechanical spider, looks relieved. <laughs> Ira saw all of that and did nothing. I even tried to interrogate her earlier. <laughs> she's, <Ira. laughs> she's a fake animal. <laughs> she's a she's a mechanical pet. Mechanimal. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> um all right. So Merrick is <laughs> now going down below deck and uh, you don't see him anymore. Bye, Merrick. Yeah, um, cool, because Luckbeak told him to go that way. God, I hope he ends up saving the day somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Scriv will run up to where you guys are at and peer curiously inside of Brohane's shop. And I will note that uh, one of the large sliding doors that goes to the outside of the ship is open, and you can just see the black void of wild space beyond with the pinprick of distant stars. Would Ravnus have had, like, enough to, like, go look at it to, like, see if there's, you know, anything? Yeah. Yeah. Could she have maybe reasoned that that is the direction that, uh, it doesn't look like she could have gone any other way. Okay. I don't want to metagame, but it seems like there is a direction. <laughs> you can sense Marco saying, help me. Yeah, it does It does okay. not look like there's any other way that she could have gone. All right. So my next turn, I'm going to yeet. Oh, boy. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't either. So, okay. So Lillian is going to attack Marco again. Wait, she gets two turns? Her, her last turn was basically her held action from her previous. Oh, okay. So that's going to be a uh, 22 to hit. Yeah, that's it. And that's another eight piercing damage. I'm at four. And she gets her second attack. Yep. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, no. 12. Oh. Yeah, I'm down. Just barely. Uh... Nicholas. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's another. He's been wanting to kill me for a while now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this, this figure that looks like Val, because she didn't change faces, stabs you three times, and you just recoil from the blow and feel the warm blood roll down your shirt. And then her last attack is actually kicking you, so you fall through the hatch and fall the eight feet to the deck outside of the black fin. Zoomp. And then blackness. Luckbeak. Yeah? The door is now open to Brohane's shop. <laughs> you see that, as you suspected, the side sliding doors are open. Uh, I'm going to uh, peer outside of them. Obviously, there's nobody on the wall there. No. Um, uh, I'm going to call, uh, what's the robot's name again? Scriv. Not oh no, era. the era, the <laughs> other know, robot. Scrim. I was gonna, I was gonna say you forgot, you forgot my name. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call Ira over to me. Uh, I'm gonna say, uh, Ira, uh, uh, climb, and I'm going to point down the side of that thing. <laughs> I'm basically going to use her as an elevator if she starts climbing down and just grab onto her like head or whatever. You know what? 
make an animal handling check. Oh my god. Nobody ever takes animal handling. <laughs> Least of all me in this game. That's a 14. Yeah. Okay. Uh you do it and she like looks at you and she blinks her eyes which are like camera shutters. Okay. <laughs> and then she looks out the window and just begins scuttling. You are you jumping on her? Yeah. Okay. She didn't wait for you to do that cuz that's not what you asked, sure. but you you managed to jump you managed to jump onto her and seat yourself in the seat that Brohane usually takes, which is like built in. It's almost like a tractor seat that's like built into Ira's back. Yeah. Uh, and there's handlebars there and straps, which you don't have time to put on. Okay. But Ira begins crawling out and down. And it looks like you can kind of steer her with the handlebars that almost serve as wings. Great. Okay, cool. They don't control her directly, but they do tell her where to go. Um, I think Luckbeak probably had the same thought that Saker did, which is that she's going to the uh, uh, the uh, Blackfin. So I'm going to try to head down there. Okay. Uh, leaving Ezrath and Ravnus in the dust, I guess. <laughs> I think I'm just so taken away with like uh, with my own, you know, <laughs> adrenaline that I just forget. Uh huh. Okay. So it is now Marco's turn. Marco, you need to make me a death saving throw. No. I do, don't I? Please. Nicholas. That is a 15. Hey. Ooh, okay, that's, that's good. one success. All right. Ezerath will kind of wide-eyed staring at like what Luckbeak just did. Uh, she's going to look at you, Ravnus, and kind of gesture and say, after you. <laughs> this bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Ravnus. She's going to jump, and she's going to pull Ezerath with her. Oh! Because <laughs> she doesn't trust that Ezerath's actually going to do it. So that okay. Um, so make a acrobatics or athletics. If you're pulling Ezerath with you, it's does that a disadvantage. Me, does that give me disadvantage? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe I don't want to do that then. <laughs> it does. All it right. does seem like Ezerath is going to fall. Okay, so I won't pull her, but Ravnus will give her a stern look, like you better follow. (laughs) She'll roll her eyes and nod. Okay. (laughs) Athletics or acrobatics, you said? Yeah. I'm going to do athletics, because that's a little higher. Um, Natural one. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Max, how did you do this to me? <laughs> Ravnus is did gonna you, look so cool, did, Max. Didn't 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 you get a natural twenty on on Max's dice earlier? Sure did. Max, Max giveth, Max taketh hey, away. Uh, uh, <laughs> Re- Resident dice on Instagram will give you balanced dice. I, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, okay, you go to jump. Now, what was your goal? Was your goal to like jump and like cling to the bottom of the ship or? She was or trying. Or did, did she not think about it that much? Just yeet. Yeah, she was just trying to get somewhere as fast as possible. Honestly, she wasn't trying She like, she probably didn't have like a super strong trajectory in mind. Yeah, so, um, so you saw Luckbeak go with Ira down, like climbing down the side of the hall. So. Yeah. You run, and your goal was to, like, grab the lip and kind of swing yourself to send you in a downward trajectory mm-hmm. following them. Um, you miss that handhold. Oh. And you send yourself sailing straight out of the hole, and you drop 
it would be, let's see, you're dropping from the main battery. Yeah, so you drop like 12 feet and feel your stomach lurch where you hit the gravity plane and you continue to drop probably another 11 or 12 or so feet before you start falling back up. Uh, And you are now bobbing in the gravity plane, but more alarmingly, you are drifting rather quickly out. Oh, shit. Untethered. Oh, Wow. Nick, if you TPK us, I'm going to be fucking pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Nick talked to me about the Luckbeak show earlier, which I'm down with. (laughs) This was supposed to be a fun murder mystery. (laughs) Well, now it's just murder. (laughs) We were just supposed to be learning the names of the people on this ship. (laughs) Then you die. All right, uh, it's Merrick's turn. Merrick is still on his way down to the lower deck where Luckbeak told him to go. <laughs> uh, Luckbeak, um, is your passive perception still 14? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you're climbing on Era down, like it's weird because you're like now basically hanging upside down um, and you do cross the gravity plane pretty quickly. So now it feels like you're climbing up the outside of the ship that has capsized, you know, like hall side up. Right. And you do happen to glance over your shoulder and see your good buddy Ravnus now like 40 <laughs> feet out. Oh boy. Just kind of tumbling ass over tea kettle, <laughs> oscillating up and down across the gravity plane. Uh, is there rope in a burglar's pack? Do you know of him? Um, I think so. There, has to be right. Hang on, I'm gonna check. Uh, ten feet of string. That's helpful. <laughs> oh, 50 feet of rope. There it is. Jesus. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, so I'm going to um, I'm going to tie that 50 feet of rope uh, one end to Ira, and the other end to a crossbow bolt, and then I'm going to shoot the bolt out to Ravnus. Um. So. Oh, you don't, you're, not, you're not carrying your crossbow, Luckbeak. Oh, then I tie it to a bullet. As, and No, I won't do that. Mm, <laughs> uh, tie it to your gun and you throw the gun. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, as as we like several times over established. Yes, that is uh, correct. Yeah, Luckbeak does not have his I crossbow. I mean, can I, if I try to throw the rope, it doesn't have enough really weight on it, does it, for me to get a good... Th- if you held the loose end and threw the coil, that's what it I'll might do work. Then. Okay, that's what I'll do. Okay, what is is uh, this uh, plus what my decks or now n- now it would be strength strength because as we established earlier when Ravnus bludgeoned somebody right. with a coil of rope rope weighs a lot got you okay nice uh, then <laughs> I uh, I do that let me roll okay seventeen seventeen um, yeah you kind of hanging on to the one end. Uh, just kind of heft the whole coil and it like you watch it as it's bobbing in the gravity slowly uncoiling itself uh, as its momentum carries it out towards Ravnus and yeah Ravnus go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw okay I'm so nervous Um, that is a natural one (gasps) no yeah yeah. Why did you make her do oh, that, Nick? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Luckbeak, thinking quickly, heaves his coil of rope towards you, and you see it unraveling, coming towards you, and you reach out, but it just happens to be when your 
cresting one of your hills in your oscillating up and down. And just as you're about to grab it, gravity pulls you the other way and you drift out of its reach. Okay. So is Ravnus like done though? This sucks. <laughs> oh, Nick? Ezerath <laughs> yeets herself off the side of the ship, grabbing Luckbeak's rope and reaching out and grabbing Ravnus by the ankle. Okay. <laughs> oh my I just gosh. rolled a 22 acrobatics check. Oh my check. gosh. Uh, <laughs> my heart is racing. <laughs> All right. And she's now straining. Luckbeak, you suddenly now like straining to keep yourself in era seat as there is now like a chain of monkeys <laughs> oh my gosh. coming off the side of the ship. Wow. Oh my Ridiculous. god. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry, Max, putting that one in jail for a while. That one's going in the plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Fuck. <laughs> Ooh, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This round has been exciting. <laughs> is everyone else having a good time? Um, Marco. Yeah. They will live on saves. Your eyes flutter open. Oh. And you feel the taste of healing potion in your mouth as you see Val. You know, the person who just stabbed you a bunch of times. Yeah. Leaning over you with a concerned look on her face and Merrick standing just behind her looking worried as well. I uh, look and the first thing I say is, do you have your pendant? (laughs) (laughs) No, Marco, do the cake thing. Um, what? The cake thing. <laughs> uh, she, she pulls out her pendant and shows the key that she showed you earlier. But she goes, I think we have more than one more pressing thing, though. She says, gesturing to the empty bottle. But then she also points up. And you see that the black fin is now detaching. Uh, you stabbed me four times. S- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Through my haze. Um, so this ship is... This ship's about to take off. Um, it's oh. it's now it's now completely detached from the Voidfarer and about fifteen feet away and and quickly extending further away. Okay, Nick, I have to ask the question because I ask every time: if I use fire, am I blowing us all to hell? No, you're not in the phlogiston. <laughs> I just got to make sure before I do something. Next up, well, I'm going to chuck a fireball at one of the engines. It doesn't have engines. <laughs> I'm going to check it. It's, it's, it's like a wooden, it's a wooden ship. It has a spell jamming helm at the very front uh, that is completely ship. enclosed. Um, hmm. Well, I mean, it says wood. It is wood. You would know that your fireball would not penetrate like the enclosed hull of the ship, um, but it is a wooden ship and could catch fire. Um, oh, wait a second. All right, let's look up and see if I can do some bullshit here. I, the anticipation is killing me. <laughs> I want to know so badly what you're going to try. <laughs> Meanwhile, your friends are dangling in a daisy chain. Out <laughs> of um, oh, God. Which, like, Ezerath and Ravnus uh, can see from their perspective, 50 feet out from the ship, um, the Blackfin beginning to pull away from the hull. Yeah. Okay. Is there any opening that I can see or that I could at least feasibly get a hand on? 
I, I like it's, you mean like an opening like, into the ship? Like if there was if there was a way to get into the ship, even if it's at a distance. Um, There's the possible? hatch that you fell through, but that's now closed. Yeah, okay. Um, and then there's front viewports, but they're facing the other way, and you can't see through them from your from your vantage point. Jesus Christ, this is rough. Sorry. It's okay, I mean... <laughs> Nicholas, how could you do this? Because, I mean, I could just chuck a fireball at it, but, I mean, that will catch it on fire. I have a feeling that to still just take off and let that fire disintegrate, like, you know, burn out in space. I mean, you do know it. It has a, it'll it'll have an air envelope like the Void Fair, so it's not like it's going to extinguish in a vacuum. But uh, it wouldn't. It, chances are, it wouldn't destroy the ship immediately. Hmm. It's up to you. That's true. That's that's why that's the the go to. But uh, uh, fuck it. Yeah, we're going to walk as close as we can to the cockpit and chuck a fireball at the cockpit. Okay. Go ahead and roll damage. All right. I'll cast it at a fourth level to give me some more uh, some more dice. Because I got one of them left. Alright, so I'm going to put a little extra oomph into it for an extra d6. So that is going to be 9d6 damage. Uh, 42. Okay, so there's a huge burst of fire um, it, uh, just engulfing the cockpit of the Blackfin. And uh, it, it dissipates, and you could see that the wood is scorched and burning. Um, but, like, the hull of the ship seems to be intact. And the ship continues to drift uh, away and then <laughs> warps into spell jamming speed. And I'm just going to flop on the nearest object. Which is Val. <laughs> <laughs> Cassett looks over. Got away. Wham. <laughs> just fall right into her arms. Val will kind of put her hand on your shoulder and go, well, you tried. Yeah. Uh, but you can see that there's like a, a an underlying kind of seething to her voice. But right now she's trying her best to be comforting. Um, back to the daisy chain of characters. Uh, <laughs> so Luckbeak, you can't see from your vantage point just yet the ship. Maybe you can catch like the very edge of it as it's pulling away, okay. coming up, like cresting the top of the ship above. But you see like a flash of orange and hear the whoosh and then see the ship take off. Oh, I... <laughs> throw my hands up in disappointment letting go of the rope no I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> uh, okay i mean i i i curse silently under my breath as i'm i'm reeling these two in yeah so you could you could pull them in Ezerath will kind of pull you in so you can grab the rope yourself so yeah. it, it doesn't strain her more, di- more dignified <laughs> <laughs> yeah and now that her added weight to the end of this rope, uh, you don't oscillate as much, and Luckbeak begins pulling you in. Um, actually, seeing what you're doing, uh, Luckbeak, uh, Ira will lift her front two claws and one over the rope and one under the rope, and then start winding the rope together between her two front legs. Perfect. Uh, and when that happens, there's a jolt as Ravnus and Azerath are pulled in at a quicker pace. Yeah. Yeah. You caught two gifts on one hook. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing the ship had taken off, Luckbeak, do you take Europe around to the underside or? Uh, yeah. I mean, I once I get to the underside. Yeah. When you go around the other side, you see the opening and you see down inside the cargo hold. Marco's on the ground kind of sitting, catching his breath. And you see Merrick and Val there. Okay. Then I go in that way. We, uh, we lost her, huh? Yep. Well, we tried. 
Marco, Marco child. Uh, all right, well, that bitch owes me a ship, <laughs> and she needs to pay for what she did. We'll, we'll catch up with her eventually. At least we don't have to worry about a killer running amongst us anymore. Yeah, you know, yep. y'all at least owe me, like, dinner or something. I think that can be arranged. That was we intense. Survived. Yay, barely. <laughs> Holy shit. That was almost as hard as the hamster fight. <laughs> <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. In a city forever in the throes of the battle of good versus evil, a new team of heroes is arising. Follow the action-packed adventures of superheroic teens, Limelight, Juno, Jackrabbit, Blazar, and Strawvix as they uncover corruption, fight the bad guys, and defend their high score at the arcade. A new generation is rising in Halcyon City. The team is standing on the shoulders of giants, and they have a long way to fall. Fables Around the Table Super premieres July 28th wherever you get your podcasts. But I don't know, maybe this will be relatable for other people where it'll be like, you'll realize like something was like a really beloved childhood, like film or show or whatever. But like you didn't really properly experience the original. You just experienced like the weird knockoff or derivative version. And uh-huh. you're like, haha, yes, I know what you're talking about. But in <laughs> your soul, you're dying a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Similar phenomenon. Um, I don't believe I have individual recollections of any of the Land Before Time movies. I just remember them as we have like a lot of them. One gave us all of them. <laughs> gelatinous memory of Land Before Time, and I could not tell you what happens in any individual one of them. I just had them all and seen them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's about right. I like that term, gelatinous memory. That's how some of these things yeah. feel. <laughs> Check out patreon.com slash project derailed and subscribe at the $7 tier for more derailed off the rails. Project derailed.com.